Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 160 of Impact Boom. My name is Tom Long, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest insights and interviews to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Norm McGillivray. Norm founded Bed Down in late 2018 with a view of helping the homeless, in particular those who sleep rough, to get access to a bed and a great night's sleep at night through an innovative approach by activating pop-up accommodation at night in underutilized spaces. He's partnering with Australia's largest car park operator, Secure Parking, to pilot and bring Bed Down to as many as 8,000 people who sleep rough across Australia every night as possible through activating and repurposing empty underutilized car parks in other spaces. Originally from the UK, Norm's background has seen him work in automotive industry for Jaguar, Land Rover. Norm has worked for the industry, government, and non-for-profit sectors. Now Norm is challenging conventional thinking to address the massive social issues of homelessness here in Australia, as he looks to implement his vision of everyone deserves a bed to sleep in. On today's podcast, we'll discuss Norm's journey starting bed down, the future of social enterprise within the community, and how social enterprise can be used to create sustainable, positive change in the homelessness community. Norm, thank you very much for joining us today. Just to start things off, can you please share a bit about your background and what led you down the path of social enterprise? Thanks, Tom, for that and for the introduction. So, as you covered off so, so nicely in the intro, my background, as you'll gather from my accent, I'm not, a, I'm not a local boy to Australia. So I came out to Australia from the UK back in 2008. My background's automotive. I used to work for Jaguar and Land Rover cars back in the UK. My wife's a mental health nurse. So my wife had a position to come to before we left the UK and I left, I gave up my job without a job to come to. So stepped off a plane in Rockhampton, central Queensland. First challenge was, okay, so where do they build cars around here? Which was interesting um, for those that don't know that Rockhampton is like the beef capital of Australia. So thankfully I managed to get a job with Queensland Government as a manufacturing specialist, linking in small businesses to subsidise government programmes through a number of not-for-profits that would then deliver those programmes. So I spent a few years in Rockhampton and my wife, bless her little cotton socks, was offered a position down here in Brisbane and I tried to get a transfer with, with Queensland Government but unfortunately they never had a position for me to come to. So gave up my role in Queensland Government, but thankfully one of the not-for-profits that we used to partner with that delivered our programs on behalf of Queensland Government heard I was coming to Brisbane and approached me to, to join in them. So joined join them and went through a number of different career progressions within that organisation over nearly eight years. Now, coming from an organisation which is a not-for-profit, heavily f- funded through government, state and federally, which is interesting because when governments come and go so does funding come and go and so unfortunately they fell victims to some funding cuts and recently i was made redundant 
And I thought, right, okay, what's going to be the next sort of chapter of my my career? What what, what do I do next? And working in the not-for-profit sector for nearly eight years, I thought, well, maybe it's time to, following applying for a few jobs and getting a few dear norms, I thought, well, maybe it's time to start my own not-for-profit charitable organisation. So I experienced homelessness from a personal level when I was a young child and my mother and father were happily married. My father had a successful business. He was a shop fitter. He, had a, he was a carpenter by trade. And he would have been in his early 30s when he was hit by a massive stroke which sort of immobilised his right-hand side and his face dropped, which impeded his speech. And that was pretty much the end of the business for him. And then not too long after that, I think my mother having a small child myself and now my father was disabled, that sort of put a lot of pressure on her and uh, I don't think the relationship was able to withstand that. So they separated and got divorced. And my father found himself on the streets of London, um, effectively homeless, and this is back in the 1970s, so it's hard, hard to comprehend what it was like back then. There's a lot of great services out there now, but back in the 70s, um, it, it's hard to imagine what it would have been like. Anyway, to cut a long story short, uh, my father actually passed away at the age of 42 by a massive heart attack in London, and he sort of died lonely on the streets of London. So a big part of the motivation for Bed Down is I never had the opportunity to, to help my dad at the time because I was just a young fella. Now here we are, sort of 40 years on, I've got the opportunity to do something about it and help someone else's mother, father, brother, sister, son or daughter. So here I was, I was made redundant and thinking, right, okay, so how am I going to help the homeless? And in particular those that are sleeping rough. And to set the context in terms of numbers, from the last census there's over 116,000 people deemed to be homeless here in Australia with over 8,000 people every night across Australia that have to sleep rough. So that's people that are sleeping rough on the streets, on benches, under bridges, or in parks. And in 2019, this is unacceptable to me. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Norm. Just for our listeners who maybe don't know a bit about Bed Down, can you tell us a bit more about the project that you are doing? So yeah, the aim of Bed Down, Tom, and thank you for asking that question, is predominantly... Sleep deprivation is a massive issue that those in particular that are sleeping rough around Australia or even other parts of the, of the world face every day. And this has a massive impact in terms of physical and mental well-being. So the main aim of Bed Down is providing those who are sleeping rough access to a bed so they can get a great night's sleep and in turn affect their health both physically and mentally in a positive way. So when I was thinking about creating what what is now bed down i was sitting at home thinking about the issue and then thinking well how can i solve or address that as an issue and i didn't really want to bring a service that is already out there and there's a lot of service providers out there doing some great stuff it had to be different and it had to have a meaningful impact so i was sitting at home thinking about this as a problem and writing all sorts of post-it notes and sticking them on the wall as possible solutions and, and not really getting anywhere and i was thinking about this over a few days So sometimes what I find is whenever you're hitting a roadblock in terms of creative thinking and coming up with a solution to a particular problem, sometimes it's best to take yourself away from that environment, go and grab a coffee and go and do something else, maybe go and do a bit of reading, watch some TV or just something to clear the mind. So this one day I took myself out for a coffee and some retail therapy at a local shopping centre. And when I got to the shopping centre... I'm not sure what people's religious beliefs are that that listen to the show, Tom, but 
Not sure if the planets were aligning or my father was looking down on me this day, but I pulled into this shopping centre, in particular the car park, opened the car door, and that's where the light bulb moment happened because the car park was empty and I just looked around this space which was sheltered, very clean and it sort of hit me instantly that I wonder if we can turn this particular space into a space that could accommodate people to get a great, great night's sleep. So I got pretty excited walking around, around this empty car park. I took my phone out and there's this app on the iPhone called Measure which allows you to measure space in augmented reality so here i was walking around this car park bay measuring this space and there was someone in a car looking at me quite strangely thinking i wonder what this guy is this guy crazy what is he up to so i got quite excited had those measurements went around the shopping center grabbed a coffee uh, done some shopping then rushed home started doing some research online couldn't find anyone that was doing anything in car parks in particular sort of um turning the use at night into sort of an accommodation perspective and and helping helping the homeless get a good night's sleep so i started doing some more research in terms of mattresses because the last thing i wanted to do was carry big massive mattresses around car parks because logistically that would have been quite challenging so mattresses air mattresses have come a long way in recent years in terms of you haven't got to have foot pumps or try and sort of inflate them with your mouth anymore they've got built-in electric pumps and you can plug them in and they inflate very quickly and deflate very quickly also so following that the next part of the puzzle was okay so who are the major car park operators here in australia and when i was doing my research came across secure parking who are actually australia's largest car park operator they have over 600 car parks australia over australia and new zealand and i went to their website saw who the executive team was peter anson's the ceo went over to linkedin linkedin's a great platform for connecting connecting with people found peter on linkedin sent him a few messages and to cut a long story short, we sort of interacted over email and messaging, sent him the pitch of what I thought Bed Down was going to be and how it could operate. I was a bit worried that when Peter received the email, he, he might think that I'm some crazy guy wanting to put the homeless in his car parks across Australia. But thankfully, um, he saw the vision and, and quite quickly was interested to talk more. So we met, we met a few weeks Later, after an initial email correspondence and messaging, set the context, told him about the, the backstory of my father, got into my PowerPoint pitch, and within, within a few slides, he, he said that they were going to be on board to certainly pilot and trial bed down, but then look to scale around the country within their infrastructure. So in effect, what we're looking to do with bed down is to take spaces that are busy during the day but are left vacant or empty at night time and then activate and repurpose those spaces into public accommodation by putting beds and wrapping around other services around bed down that help repair the quality of life. So the beauty of car parks, Tom, is they're in every CBD across Australia. They're easily accessible by those that are vulnerable and homeless and it allows us to provide us shelter, security and a space that's very easy to activate to let people get a great night's sleep. And then in the morning, we can deactivate that space and return it back to its normal business use. I'm looking to build Bed Down on three core foundations, of which they're also kind of like act action drivers for us to, to implement. The first one, which is pretty logical, which is we believe everyone deserves a bed to sleep in. The second one, which is in two halves, 
is about repairing the quality of life and then building a life of quality. So wrapped around the premise of providing someone a safe, secure, comfortable environment to get a good night's sleep, we're looking at bringing in other complimentary services delivered by other great organisations, charities and not-profits, items such as laundry and showers. So if you think of the likes of Orange Sky Laundry, health and wellbeing services, so mobile doctor and nurse teams, counselling services, food and beverages, so someone can get access to a shower, laundry, medical services, or something to eat and have a drink and then get a great night's sleep. Then in the next day, feel nice and refreshed and being able to, to face the day. Then from there, building a life of quality is to then link and understand our guests where they are currently in their life and try and link them into a longer term solution, whether that be accommodation, education and training, or rehabilitation or a combination of all those factors and get them from their situation now into a longer term solution which then feeds into our final foundation which is to expedite the end of bed down so we achieve our vision by getting everyone that is sleeping rough off the street into a more longer term solution then we're not required anymore so we're actually being driven by that end goal I think that's really valid that you're attaching core beliefs to your project and you're using it to drive your project forward about the things that you need to achieve and it helps strengthen you. I think that's really important to a lot of other startups. Just along those lines, what has been the greatest challenges you've had personally pushing Bed Down forward and how did you overcome? It's an interesting question because there is a number of challenges and remain to be a number of challenges. I guess the biggest challenge I've had since starting Bed Down and coming up with the idea and the concept of Bed Down is access to limited resources, which has meant I've had to get quite creative. So if someone had said to me a few years ago, Norm, you're going to set up this organisation which is going to look to address the issue of homelessness and you're going to have pretty much next to no resources to do it, I would have probably laughed them out of the room. But having been through this process... If someone said that to me now, I'd say, now you're talking rubbish. Because when I first came up with the idea, I quite quickly estimated that I'd probably need in the region of about $40,000 to get bed down, up and running. And that, that was to cover, cover costs such as legal costs for setting up a charity, website, insurances, hiring equipment, buying equipment. So there's a great platform out there called GoFundMe. So I set up a, a page on GoFundMe with a target of $40,000. And maybe my timing was a bit off because I did, I did this in December of last year. Great time of year to set up a GoFundMe campaign. Christmas around the corner, January, lots of bills coming in. Set the page up, some donations started to come through, dribs and drabs. Sort of got to January, and I got to about $2,000 and I sort of wasn't really happy with the traction it was getting for me, for me to enable Bed Down to get it up and running. So I had to get a bit creative and start reaching out through networks and getting access to other people that could potentially help me to achieve what I wanted to achieve. And thankfully, other people were reaching out once they started to hear about what I was looking to do with Bed Down. So some organisations reached out, and they're helping me to create the Bed Down website, which is now launched just before Christmas last year. Bureaucracy's been quite an interesting challenge as well, Tom, because believe it or not, and maybe this is a bit of my, my naivety, is once I got secure parking on board, I thought, right, great, let's start putting people in car parks and start welcoming our guests and start providing a great night's sleep. But um, unfortunately, when you're using a car park, which is deemed to be a car park during the day and at night, and you want to change its use at night into 
um, what's best termed as temporary accommodation, you need to go through certain rules and regulations within council. So that's been quite challenging, and I understand rules and regulation, but unfortunately bureaucracy gets in the way and just slows everything down, which um, is quite frustrating, especially when you want to start helping people immediately. Thankfully, um, I've been able to meet and form great relationships with organisations that can help me through the various rules and regulations such as planning and building code and compliance. And they've jumped on board when I've told them my story and what we're looking to try and achieve with Bed Down. They've bought into that and provided their services, bearing in mind I've got no resource whatsoever to, 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 pay, to pay for things like planning, planning consultancies and websites and stuff. People have jumped on board and jumped on board with the vision and been providing those services pro bono. So thankfully, building relationships to get around those different challenges has been, has been a blessing. And I've been, I've been so grateful for those people and organisations that have come on board or have reached out and want to be part of Bed Down. Another challenge which I've, I've faced, which has probably been self-inflicted, is being, being solo, trying to, trying to create Bed Down and trying to wear many different hats has been, has been a massive challenge. And trying to spread yourself across all elements of setting up a charity has got quite painful for me because some things I'm really good at, some things I'm not. So spreading myself too thin, I've had to, to realise to, to start reaching out and asking for help. And thankfully, again, I've met some great people that have wanted to help me. And, and one of my big weaknesses is administration, Tom, and I'm not, I'm not really good sitting in front of a computer drafting things like operations plans and uh, business models and all this sort of stuff. But thankfully, I've, I've managed to meet, again, some great individuals out there that have volunteered their time, that want to help, and who are helping, which has sort of took that weight off my shoulders to focus, to focus on, on more of the stuff that I am sort of have proper strengths in. Thank you so much for that, Norm. I find that that is really relevant topics because I see a lot of those issues in similar startups. And I feel like those are core challenges that a lot of different projects are suffering right now. And the way that you answer them to find more people in the community and through the connected network of other different projects happening around you is a great solution to a lot of problems in that regard. Uh, having to stretch yourself out in terms of resources, having to stretch yourself out in terms of skill sets, that's definitely very relevant to a lot of different people. And I really like the way you answered that. Just for our next question, this is a really important one that I ask everyone. What advice would you like to give our listeners who are very keen to start up their own projects but are finding it hard to take the leap? I, I guess depending on, on where people are at in terms of their idea and their passion and what drives them, I think for me, when I came up with the concept of Bed Down and I got my first bit of validation, it was, I, I guess the best way of describing it was, you know when, you, when you're going around, there's a point in life where you're settling down you might have a family and you're going around, you're, you're either looking to buy a house or you're looking to rent a house. And when you might look at a whole heap of different houses and then you'll walk into a house and you'll immediately get the feeling of, I can see myself living here and a sense of belonging. For me, with bed down, within me, it was almost that feeling that I've just described there is the best way up. And that, I knew it was the right thing for me to do. I, it just felt that I was meant to be doing this. So for any, for any of your listeners out there that have a feeling, 
they just might need to do a bit of validating in terms of the idea. But the stronger that feeling grows, you just need to go with it. My advice is to go with that feeling. If it feels like it's the right thing to do intuitively and you know deep inside that it is and you connect with it, go for it. I think that's a really fantastic answer. What have been your keys to measuring and communicating your success with your project? In terms of measuring and communicating success, so everything at the moment is leading to a pilot and a trial here in Brisbane, here in Australia. Once we get to that point, I'm very much an advocate of having some research done very much up front. So the the number of beds that we fill every night, the number of hours of quality sleep, their impact on health and well-being over the trial period. And then things as we scale and as we grow, looking at things like number of guests that we're serviced. Now, this is going to be particularly interesting because ultimately we want to put ourselves out of business and we're setting up bed down with this future in mind. So tracking guests as they come and go is quite an interesting one because they were obviously peak and spike in the early days. But then as time goes by, we want that to decrease. So we want people not to be coming to bed down. So measuring that's going to be quite important. The number of people that are accessing longer term solutions as well. So the number of people that are exiting bed down and then going into a longer term solution, whether it be accommodation, employment and training and education or rehabilitation. So those are the sort of things that we want to measure. And then collecting that data and then obviously being as transparent as we can with our networks and our community and letting, letting everyone know what the impacts and benefits have been with the people that are coming through bed down. So being totally transparent. What do you believe are the most important traits of a startup project to ensure sustainable, positive change in the community? So for me, it's all being driven by passion, by determination or tenacity. You've got to put in the work. You've got to put in the hard work. You've got to put in the hours. You've got to know that you're on the right track. You've got to build your network around you. You've got to learn from your network around you. And I've, through, my, through my experience to date, I'm adopting the Taylor Swift method. And you're probably looking at me, Tom, going, Norm, what's the Taylor Swift me- method? Well, it goes a little bit like this. So throughout your idea of conception and when you're going out and you're talking with people and you're conveying what your idea is going to be, you're going to have the players are going to play and the haters are going to hate and you're going to have to just shake it off because there'll be people that you tell your idea to that just won't buy into it and they they just hate the idea and there'll be other people that will love it and want to be part of it so you want to focus on the people that love it and want to be a part of it and don't totally dismiss the haters because they might offer some constructive feedback but if they're just hating on the idea in general well you just got to shake them off and move on so those for me are probably the most important traits Sorry, what I should say as well, relationships are a big one for me as well. And like I mentioned earlier, earlier on, Tom, you know, build, building relations, relationships and relationship management. If you really, when it comes to social enterprises, you're, you're going to be making a big impact in, in a community somewhere around the world. So having, having the right relationships in place to bring those stakeholders on board is, is very key too. I actually really like those answers because I feel that that is similar traits that we do see in lots of positive startups, having the determination and the problem of advice, giving advice. So there's two different skills, how to give advice and how to receive advice. Because I feel like lots of people will tell you their opinion, but it's always hard when 
what's a positive advice and what's someone just being negative and understanding which is which and acting on that. I really like the way you worded that. Just on the next topic, are there any particular inspiring projects or initiatives in the community that you've come across recently which you believe are creating some really positive impact? I think, Tom, in general, if there's any organisations out there that are, you know, that has a social conscious and doing great work in the community, or in general, I, I take my hats off for people that are making a positive difference in the world. But one that's caught my eye recently is an organisation here in Australia called Trademut. I'm not sure if you've heard of those, those guys. So these are a couple of tradies that are looking at a way of talking positively and connecting with one another about men's mental health. And looking at suicide prevention and the way they do this is they've created a range of super loud tradey business shirts that spark a conversation and start talking about particular men's mental health because as blokes we we sort of bottle up our emotions and don't like to talk about anything we you know we we're too proud about who we are and not necessarily feel a bit maybe embarrassed about our own mental health so these guys um, it'd be an interesting one to watch because, yeah, they, they, their shirts are nice and loud, so it stimulate conversation. So uh, came across them not a few weeks back. I saw saw something on the TV about them, so I looked them up. So they're going to be one to watch. Thank you so much for that, Norm. As our final question, are there any books that you'd like to recommend to our viewers? Yeah, I'm not one. I'm not much of one for actually page turning. I'm more of a guy who likes to listen to audio books because I do a lot of driving. So I like to. While it's unproductive, I like to, to listen to audio books. And there's probably three that, that, that come to mind. First and foremost, there's a great book out there for any entrepreneur. Um, it's called Shoe Dog, and it's by Philip Knight or Phil Knight. He's one of the co-founders of Nike. And it's a great story of determination, passion, entrepreneurship. It's just a great, great book. I've listened to that about sort of four or five times now. I keep going back to it. It's just such a great listen or great read, depending on what your preference is. Also, I love everything about Elon Musk and what he's doing in terms of innovation and, you know, Tesla and SpaceX. So the biography by Ashley Vance is, is really great, sort of great insight into the way he thinks. And then finally, one that I listened to most recently is by a guy by the name of John Carreyrou. Hopefully I've, I've pronounced that right. And it's about the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. So it's called Bad Blood. Highly recommend the read on that in terms of the early conception, how it, how it came to power, then the demise of, of, of the organisation. So, yeah, they're, they're some really great, great books that I go to. Um, hopefully your, your listeners will find some great value in those books as well. Thank you so much for those awesome suggestions, Norms. That's all our questions. Thank you so much for your time and insight. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.